Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investors Chronicle Extraction podcast in which we speak to executives of London's natural resources companies. I'm Alex Newman and today I'm pleased to be speaking with Nick Mather, Chief Executive of Solgold, one of London's most eagerly watched mining stocks. That might be to do with the fact that the shares in the company are up about 18 folds since the start of 2016. Uh, but hopefully today we can do our best to connect this stratospheric increase in market valuation with reality. So Nick, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I wanted to start by asking you to briefly lay out as succinctly as you can the investment case for Cascabel the deposit, Cascabel the future mine and Ecuador the country. Right, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us, Alex. The most important uh, aspect about uh, it's the Alpala deposit on the Cascabel license in northern Ecuador is that uh, we have discovered a a world class or, or tier one uh, copper gold porphyry project. It's um, unlike a lot of the projects in Chile to the south. Uh, it's also very gold rich, uh, and we specifically went and focused on uh, a gold-rich province in, in northern Ecuador. Uh, being a, a porphyry system or a, a large blob of rock, uh, it's very easy to rapidly accrete a very significant uh, resource in it, and that's something that's uh, going to eventually provide soul gold with, a we hope, a mine that will last intergenerationally and uh, it'll be rich enough to transcend the metal price cycles that so often trip up uh, a lot of developers. The other very important characteristic uh, which makes it a, a great investment case we think is that it's one of a number of targets. It's not just one ore body that companies so often enjoy here. We have a multiplicity of them uh, through Cascabel and we have developed a refined exploration model now for uh, discovering these things and we've taken a three and a half year uh, advantage first mover advantage all through ecuador secured 22 other porphyry copper gold centers so the plan in front of us and which uh, we believe is attractive to investors and certainly to me as an investor uh, is to build sol gold into a major copper company rather than just concentrate on the development of one deposit at alpala Excellent. So, and you spoke about your, your what you've called your first mover advantage there. I mean, I, I noticed in one of your presentations that one of the reasons there is not a uh, a mining industry to the same extent in Ecuador as there is in Chile is partly because you've got dense cloud coverage and also jungle. Uh, they're not uh, sort of environmental protections preventing the emergence of a mining industry in the in the middle of the Ecuadorian jungle. Or? One of one of the very important things for stakeholders and exploration companies, mining companies in uh, a new emerging mining nation is to make sure that you go about your business very responsibly and that's certainly something that we're doing. We spend a lot of time and money on uh, environmental monitoring water control practices, quality control practices and, and making sure that we're uh, environmentally responsible. Uh, we have a good name in Ecuador. We intend to preserve that and keep up that reputation. The sort of mining technique that we envisage using here is also known as uh, block caving and it's underground and it minimises surface dis disturbance and, uh, and social disruption. So um, the approach that we're taking to uh, Ecuador is that we want to help the country uh, build up its uh, mining industry and do it in a responsible fashion and one that doesn't uh, leave a scar on uh, either the people or the uh, the land surface there. So uh, we're being careful about it uh, and focusing 
focusing on the uh, the underground aspects. Uh, could you give me a, a sense of uh, you know how hard it's proven to estimate the resource under the jungle? Uh, well, it hasn't been all that difficult at all because over the last uh, 20, 25 years there have been some paradigm changes in uh, geophysical techniques that we use to identify these porphyry systems even before we put drill holes into them and it's based largely on magnetics. A big one, a rich one, generally has a lot of a mineral called magnetite in it and you can detect that with airborne surveys so quite often you can tell where the porphyry system is before you have to go on uh, charge through the jungle sampling and uh, moving drilling rigs in and so on. So we've been able to very much refine our program down and uh, quickly and efficiently locate these systems. And then we prioritise them using geochemistry, taking soil samples and analysing how much uh, copper, gold, zinc, molybdenum and so on is uh, in the soils and that even further enables us to uh, pinpoint where these things are, so much so that uh, some of the world's great porphyry systems, such as Grasberg in Indonesia, have previously taken 50 drill holes or so on to, uh, uh, to define them and understand them. We were able to drill into Alpala with the very first one, and of the 50 kilometres of drilling that we've put into it so far, that's over about uh, 35 or 40 holes. Only two of them have not hit the ore body. And uh, a third of our holes have ranked us in the, uh, the top 40 porphyry exploration holes in all of history. So that's telling you a couple of things. This, prog- this project is very big, it's very rich, and we're very good at, uh, at exploring for it. And, and the fact that we are, are so good at it uh, is endorsed by Newcrest Mining's uh, minority interest investing into the company. They're not a joint venture partner in the project. They don't control Solgold and um, they're endorsing uh, this management team uh, to get on with uh, the project. Just to take a step back there, I mean, you it was copper gold porphyry deposits which you were interested in when you, you, you formed this company. Yeah. Can you yeah. give, give me a sense or give it a retail investor a sense why you would go after two commodities? Is it is it a natural hedge that you're looking for for the, the long-term earnings? Or? No, it's... Uh, it's more about uh, the geology of them, Alex. We we realised when we started the company in the Solomon Islands uh, way back in the very early days in the late 90s that because these systems are geologically so young, anywhere between 3 and 40 million years old, they're not uh, structurally chopped up, so they're, they're quite intact. That means that once you get onto one, it tends to be very, very big. So if you can find it uh, rich enough in either copper or gold, then that's great. But in the northern Andes, in uh, uh, Peru, Ecuador and into Colombia, they're very gold-rich as well. So we get a, a one-to-one uh, gold-to-copper uh, credit. So for every uh, percent of copper, mm. we get a gram of gold. Per ton. Uh, and that, yeah, per ton and... Uh, at higher copper grades, the ratio increases. So by the time you get to 5% copper, you've got 10 grams gold. This is uh, tremendous because if you're a, a gold producer, you see the copper is paying for the gold and you get gold for free. And if you're a, uh, a copper producer, you see the gold paying for the copper and you get the copper for free. So it's a, a phenomenon that uh, is increasingly obvious to us in uh, the northern Andean belt in, in Ecuador. And the fact that Ecuador had not been explored because it was covered up by cloud rain, soil, jungle and the porphyry systems not visible uh, other than with these geophysical techniques which have only in the last 25 years been 
uh, developed made the, the whole nation very interesting to us. And if you take the 700 kilometres of, of uh, prospective rocks and the ones we're interested in are what we call Eocene in age, about 38 million years old, you take that belt and you superimpose it over northern Chile, which is uh, one of the most copper-rich nations on on Earth, then you would cover mines like uh, Chuquicamata, Escondida, Colalsi, uh, and a number of others, and it's probably got quarter to a third of the world's uh, copper contained in in that part of Chile. And we see the same opportunity for uh, sol gold in, in Ecuador, and that's why we moved three and a half years ago to uh, secure the best of it for sol gold and its shareholders. Readers or listeners will be quite uh, familiar with the coverage we've we've given on on the copper market this year and the quite bullish turn that the market has taken in the last year, particularly realising the, the increasing demand from various sources, be them electric vehicles, etc. Um, but I mean, clearly you're going to be mining gold as well. Can you give me a sense why you're a gold bull long term? Uh, I can't really tell you why I'm a gold bull long term. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, determine why uh, some commodities have the value that they do, especially when they don't have a real industrial application. But um, gold is valuable uh, because it is. It's uh, explained variously as uh, because it's it's rare and it is indeed rare stuff and it's hard and expensive to find, which is again why having a big porphyry system that you can rapidly accrete anywhere between 30 and 50 million ounces of gold in uh, is is a great advantage. It's stuff that everybody wants, and uh, if we can find it cheaply, efficiently, and repetitively as we can uh, on one of these large systems, then that's going to be good for the uh, sole gold shareholders, and that's what I really care about. I'm a significant investor and shareholder in sole gold myself. I don't expect uh, shareholders and investors to do what I won't do, so uh, I've got a lot of my money in here, and um, uh, hopefully other people will see the uh, the common sense in that. Copper, on the other hand, is a much easier thing to predict. There's still no viable replacement for copper from a, uh, a wiring and conductivity point of view. You've got Volkswagen spending $89 billion on electric cars in the coming years. Toyota are going to do the same thing. So is Mercedes-Benz. The rise in the demand of copper is inexorable, uh, and at the moment it's uh, unrequited. Uh, you need a new Escondida mine, which is one of the largest in the world, every uh, 15 months. Well, we're not finding them at that rate, let alone developing them at that rate, and we think by the end of 2019 there there's going to be a real problem in terms of the supply of copper. Uh, and that should be right about the time that we're coming into pre-feasibility and feasibility studies for what we believe uh, will be a giant at Alpala. Mm. Obviously, uh, those feasibility studies are yet, are yet to determine the the true scale of what you have at, at Cascabel. Are you likely to be of a scale that would put you onto the radar of the largest miners in the world? I know, I know BHP has shown an interest in the project in the past, are you are you going to be of the scale that any diversified large miner would happily include you in your in their portfolio hypothetically? I think the very simple answer to that is yes, most definitely. Uh, and I refer back again to the uh, huge diversity and number of uh, projects of a similar ilk that we've uh, secured all through 
Ecuador and we're applying an increasingly refined exploration strategy on to uh, define some of things. So, you know, we're finding uh, some extraordinary uh, outcropping mineralised rocks in, in some of these areas and uh, we, we don't have assay grades but you can pan gold and magnetite in the rivers and that's telling us that these things are indeed very strongly mineralised. You can see the the outcrops with the mineralisation in them and uh, we look forward with great anticipation to uh, eventually getting drill holes into these things. So I think any large copper company would... Um, be very happy to have a piece of this program. You mentioned you're a, you're a significant shareholder. I think I had it here about six percent. Is that is that? Yeah, roughly? my my personal interests cover about six percent. Um, when did you when did you buy into the to the company, and have you continued to to top up your holding? I've uh, continued to uh, uh, top up my holding, and DGR Global, which is a company that I also run in Australia, ASX listed company, which was the original father of. Uh, Sol Gold also has about 13.5%. So uh, between uh, myself and DGR Global, we, we have nearly 20%. And uh, I think there's uh, an increasingly tight share register in Sol Gold as people buy it on the basis of uh, of us coming up ultimately with a, a series of uh, Tier 1 copper projects. That sort of quite neatly brings me to my next question is that I think by the time this podcast goes out you will have joined the main market in London I mean you also uh, moved to Toronto in a secondary listing earlier this year mm-hmm. and, and your stated reasons were to improve liquidity your global standing and also your access to capital markets but at the same time I mean you're still a long long way away from production are you ready to be on uh, the main market in London considering you're, you're you know you're still yeah, we like to be raising money. In the yeah, we, we think we are, Alex, because there's no point going and introducing yourselves to uh, the sorts of funds and banks that are going to finance your mine development uh, at the time when you need the money. You're way better off to make yourself familiar to them so that they can grow uh, with your project. And if they want to invest in the company earlier on and, and take some of that growth and make some money out of it themselves, then you give them the opportunity to. It's a bit shallow just coming along saying, you know, we need all this money to develop the mine now and uh, and they've never heard of us before. So we like to get the investment markets and the funds and the banks uh, familiar with us uh, from well before we need big slabs of money to uh, develop the mine. Uh, the deepest, darkest pools of capital are still in the UK and Europe, and it's important that we pay respect to that and uh, and endorse those those markets. So Canada is the most, or Toronto in particular, is the most uh, mining familiar capital market in the world, uh, and there's a number of banks and institutions and funds that sit on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean that uh, we know are already very interested in uh, taking part in the equity in the company and. Um, helping to strengthen our share register so that when it comes time to develop the mine, we'll be well equipped to and, do so. And of course, you know, the details are likely to be threshed out and it's going to take a long, long time to do that. I noticed in one of your presentations, you would consider about a two, two-thirds to one-third debt-to-equity split in a project financing. Yeah, is, that, is that your general outlook yeah, when you uh, come to a that, fund project? That's, that's a pretty uh, pretty standard sure. way of um, doing it. The details uh, will, of course, vary. We're uh, planning on getting our maiden resource statement out by the uh, end of this year. I would 
caution people to realise that that is the first of many. It's a maiden resource statement. We expect it to grow uh, on a a quarterly or half-yearly basis from there as we get more drill data in. Uh, We have five drilling rigs uh, active at the moment. There's two others just arrived on site. We will have ten by the uh, end of October or or mid-November. And... Uh, We plan to have 12 next year and drill 126,000 metres. If we keep the bits, the drill bits in in ore all the time, that could add a very great tonnage to Alpala. We also intend next year to spend uh, quite a lot of time and money on the collection of uh, metallurgical and uh, mining data, rock mechanic data, etc., to uh, feed into initially pre-feasibility study by end of 2018 and then a uh, bankable study by the end of 2019. So for a major project, this is a very steep curve, but it's one that we believe that we're right for the challenge on. And uh, you know we look forward to the uh, emergence of an in- increasing value for Alpala over 2018-2019 and uh, the discovery of projects which look just as good as it and hopefully even better as Mm. we explore those other areas. Obviously you spoke about a number of the catalysts there. You also raised money at I think 41p in June Mm -hmm. which is you know obviously a, a fairly helpful guide for investors already. I mean where is that money and your current cash position I think about 60 million US going to take you yeah, we we currently have about uh, sixty million US in the bank. That should last us for about nine months flat out. Um, clearly, there are going to be other capital raisings in this company, but we do intend that they're made uh, with strategic, large, long-term holders who are looking for the upside growth and the uh, development of a mine rather than just a speculative uh, flip in the share price. So we're being very quite careful about uh, who we place uh, share capital with and and at what price. That last raising was done with Newcrest for at 41p for uh, 40 million US and uh, Newcrest now has 14.5% of the company but uh, they are obligated to follow the wishes of at least 60% of the shareholders pursuant to a board recommendation and an independent advisory recommendation in the event that we get a takeover bid that we all want to accept in the meantime. So Newcrest can't block a change of control in the company uh, and it's important that, that people realise that we have not compromised the takeover premium in Solgold. Very, very finally, there were two references to working price assumptions in your in in one of your recent presentations. Mm-hmm. One was for gold, twelve fifty an ounce, and one was for copper, which was uh, three three pound three three dollars a pound. Yeah, I mean, you you just came back from the the Denver Gold Forum, and there's a presentation by Paulson and Co. where they singled out Rangold as one of the only large gold miners to deliver decent returns over the last ten years. They've always set a, an assumption of thousand dollar gold price. How do you close the gap for some investors who may be nervous that anything above $1,100, $1,200 assumptions are just too high for, for project feasibility? Well, Alex, you can uh, vary price assumptions in economic studies up or down at will. The prices that we've used are not uncommon for major mining company assessments of these projects. And most importantly, the way we see it is it is the price at the moment. In fact, I think uh, 
particularly the copper price will be higher. I can't mm. tell you whether gold will be or not, but we do believe that uh, using the current prices is realistic. And I think that you'll find at the time of feasibility or development that the copper price will be significantly higher. Mm. I haven't yet come across any analysis or, or metrics that show that copper is likely to be lower. Sure. I think I can't be as definite about uh, about gold, but the value of this project is mostly in copper. Mm. It's about 60% copper and about 40% gold. Of course, if the copper price goes higher, that ratio will widen even, uh, even more markedly. Mm. But uh, certainly we think the drivers on the the copper price are so compelling what what the world's going through in respect of electrification at the moment and uh, the requirement for electricity just for the improvement of basic living standards in uh, some of the undeveloped nations is um, something that's really going to drive the copper price up so that's one of the reasons why we're so interested in copper exploration and a great way to find a lot of copper is to have a big ore body and porphyries do just that. Nick, thanks so much for your time today. Um, to listen to more podcasts from the Investors Chronicle, go to Acast, iTunes, or the Investors Chronicle website. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.